time, space, reality. It's more than a linear path. It's the intersection of galactic concepts that ultimately brought you to this podcast. Today, we'll be exploring Spider-Man leaks, Star Wars rumors, Eternals trailers, and whether or not Yandu should have murdered the Collector, which he easily could have. Like, really, really, really easily. Anyways, I am the Watcher, and I am your guide through the Infinity Watch Podcast! Yeah, I mean, they always have to explain away that Yandu arrow because let me tell you, <laughs> that thing is OP. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, we'll talk about it, but in what I thought was generally a pretty good episode of television, that part infuriated me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me just say, the introduction, that was a great impersonation, I loved it. Thank you. Uh, the introduction to <laughs> Marvel's What If after he goes, you know, time, space, reality, I always expect him to go like mind, soul, power. Right. <laughs> because it's like, you know, all the, it's, he's listing off half of the Infinity Stones. Right. But he's not actually listing off half the Infinity Stones. So, welcome to the Infinity Watch podcast <laughs> after that very long cold open there. Um, I think we're in episode 29 of the Infinity Watch podcast here to discuss episode two of Marvel's What If, mm. and I'm here with my very ominous Watcher-esque co-host, Eric. Hello. <laughs> my name's Tommy. I don't even think I said that, uh, but I think you got the picture by now. So welcome back to the Infinity Watch podcast. We're going to talk through episode two of What If, which is titled, What If T'Challa Became a Star-Lord? Not the Star-Lord, a Star-Lord. Oh. Um, which I think before we jump into it, I think we'll enjoy more than we did last week. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fairly certain of that, yeah. Um, especially since it's not just animating over old scenes from Captain America. Yes. <laughs> um, not to not to get ahead of ourselves here, but let's jump right into the news, oh, and yeah. we'll get to Marvel's What If. Um, there's a lot of big stuff this week. I was going to say yeah. the big thing this week, but I feel like everything is happening uh, since we last spoke. Um, Shang Chi had its premiere. Everything's pushing forward. Um, it seems like Hollywood, at least this is the feeling I'm getting, is kind of just going, you know what, we're, we're just going ahead. Everything has to just move on. Even James Bond set a premiere date in London, um, which to me is a sign that Hollywood is just moving forward and trying to push through whatever is going on in the world. Um, so that's good, I guess, I think. Um, yeah, probably. It's probably better which, than the alternative, which is just... yeah. I, I, you know, it just it feels like that's the only way they can do it at this point. Yeah. Um, to get people more confident to go back into the to the theaters. But Shang-Chi had its premiere. There's lots of, uh, you know, uh, basically reviews that have been coming out. Uh, critics responding to the movie. Seem pretty positive it, from what I've seen. Yeah, I think it's sitting at a 92%. It opened with a 94% Ooh. on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I would like to read just a couple... Um, a couple of critic little blurbs that they had. Okay. Um, I will choose a few different ones that kind of 
balanced each other out a little bit. All right. Um, let's see. I'll start off with this one uh, from the Hollywood Reporter. Um, they delivered a lot of praise, but they said as magnetic as Simu Liu, which I, I, I can't remember if I say that right. It is. is so it, I, I actually looked it up after. We, it is Simu. And then the last name is Liu. Liu. Okay, yeah. so Simu Liu. So as magnetic as Simu Liu is in action, he struggles in quieter moments with a script that gives the character more backstory than personality. They later add, it doesn't always succeed with flying colors, but as a young hero still finding his footing, it's a valiant effort that feels worth cheering all the same. All right. Seems like a, I don't know, they're not trying to be like super mean, like that one guy that one time that just hated everything. <laughs> yeah. Um. Variety said, like, virtually every standalone MCU MCU movie to come before, Shang-Chi does a fine job of presenting its hero as a relatable everyman during the first half before spiraling off into a bombastic, brain-numbing, supernatural mayhem for the final act. Which, to me, sounds like what you were kind of hoping for, I think. Yeah, I mean, that sounds... uh, Yeah, it sounds good to me. It sounds every I mean the closer that standalone superhero movies can come to Iron Man 1 as far as origin stories go right yeah the better, that's like the archetype opinion. right yeah yeah um in terms of just like general big plot points which is yeah exactly here's why you should like this character here's the crazy shit that's happening to them now they're a god <laughs> enjoy <laughs> pretty much yeah you know i'm reading through some of these reviews do you ever think aquafina wishes she didn't name herself aquafina oh man i sure would if i was aquafina but i don't know i feel like she might embrace it maybe she embr- i just look at it all the time and aquafina the drink is actually my least favorite water of all time Somehow they made water oh, taste wow, like okay. this, but uh, okay. Are hey, you a, are you a Dasani tour, person? What's that? Are you a Dasani person? Oh no, fuck that shit too. I can't. Yeah, oh, okay. They're all they're all gross. All right. I'm also not like this. So I'll take a I'll take a Fiji water, please. So you're strictly tap water, or you're just saying water in general is gross? <laughs> no, water. I think I like. Uh, what do I like? Um, Evian. I like Evian. Quite okay. A bit. All right. All right. It's, it's delicious. It's expensive, but it's delicious. Um, but yeah, just some filtered water is good for me. I don't, yeah, I don't need right. to go bottle. Um, fair. All right, back to Shang Chi. <laughs> you know, there's there's a big like uh, popular radio show where we're from, and they're actually syndicated across the United States. And I was listening to it the other day, and they're talking about the Shang Chi premiere, and the uh, one of the hosts of the show literally called it Shang Chai, and he kept saying Shang Chai. And I just wanted to like, like jump to the radio tea? and be like, how are you getting Shang Chai from this? It's oh, really man. bad. Really bad. That's All right. Good last last one from me. Uh, I think IndieWire just said uh, it, it gave it a B uh, rating and it said it doesn't just boast the best action of the MCU. It manages to do it with two uh, eye popping action sequences that unspool before the film's first act is even over. Well, I love to hear that. You know, I do find it a little ironic, though. You, like, it, if it boasts the best action in the MCU, there's no way you're giving it a B. Like, those two things just don't go together for me. Uh, you still might. I could see if you thought it had, like, amazing, amazingly choreographed action scenes. But if you're just not into, like, big CGI fests, like, no matter how good the action is, you're, okay, you might. Right. I can see that. Just might kill it a me. little for you. 
But uh, but no, I mean, based on that one scene, they released a scene of uh, him fighting on like a like a tram or like a bus, and um, <laughs> that scene alone is maybe the best action scene in the MCU. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, it's certainly, it's it's wild, certainly right? top three. Um, yeah, it's incredible. And so we talked about it a little bit. Um, we have a group chat going with uh, past podcast contributor Chris McGraw. And we talked about it a little bit, and I, I mentioned that it that it kind of felt like Jackie Chan esque. I found out later that apparently um, some of the guys who have like worked with Jackie Chan in and uh, like his team basically worked on this movie. So I was like, oh shit, my kung fu eye is strong. I was very stoked about that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm so excited. Sorry, I got so distracted for a second because I just saw another Spider-Man leak as you were saying that. Oh. And I I don't know if we want to use that as a segue, but I'll just say, Shang-Chi, we got like a week to go. Eric, when are you going to see this movie? This is the hard... I know you don't like going to the theater. I know fans of the podcast know you don't like going to the theater. So my question is, what are you going to do? Maybe I will buy a ticket, but then pirate it. So I'll feel morally, <laughs> so I'll feel morally okay, but then, uh, but then we'll still be good. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that might be a good plan. We will see, my friend. All right, we got to talk about this. Um, yeah, Spider Man No Way Home. Supposedly, we were recording this, and the trailer is supposed to come out tonight, in the next two hours, but. That's probably also bullshit. Yeah. So who knows? That being said, last night, um, the shittiest quality video recording of another video recording on a phone of an <laughs> unfinished CGI, unfinished edited version of the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer leaked online. Um, I kind of wish I didn't watch it. Obviously, spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear about Spider-Man No Way Home or the trailer. Yeah, but also it's just you know. a trailer and it's just the first trailer. So you're going to hear about right. this. If if not now, you're going to hear about it before you see the movie for sure. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so it, I'll see. I'll say I'll, I'll say what I took away from the trailer and maybe you can add some little bits. Um, basically, you know, the controversy from the end of Spider-Man Far From Home is that um, Mephisto, uh, Mysterio basically frames Spider-Man uh, for everything that was going on and that, you know, he's going to kill him, right? And then he reveals that he's Peter Parker, Spider-Man's Peter Parker. And so that's kind of the main drama that's set up in this movie. And um, Peter Parker asks Doctor Strange to make everyone forget that he's Spider-Man. And yeah. presumably that just means he, you know, he would like certain people to remember, but obviously, you know, Aunt May knows, uh, MJ knows he doesn't want that to happen, but it seems like that's going to happen. And it's obviously going to cause a lot of problems. On top of that, we get a confirmation of Dr. Octoc- <laughs> Dr. Octopus. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Doc, Dr. Octopus uh, is confirmed back in this trailer. Alfred Molina from Spider-Man 2 
Um, and we also see a pumpkin bomb that that was thrown by Green Goblin in the trailer mm-hmm. as well. And we do hear Willem Dafoe's voice as well. So it seems like a lot of shit's going on. Yeah, and um, I think we see Jamie Foxx too, right? Or do we? Yeah, not? You, there's like lightning. There's a le- the, there's basically an homage kind of that that leads to show that Electro's there as well. Okay. Um, and so I mean, just a lot to unpack just with all of that. Yeah. Um. It seems like a lot of the rumors uh, related to the villains are true. Whether we see um, other Spider-Men show up, there was another photo um, that that leaked from the set that appears to show Tobey Maguire uh, filming in a green screen. Um, and Andrew Garfield. There, there were a Andrew couple Garfield, photos yep. that leaked, yeah. Yep. And they are both suited up as Spidey. And so just... A lot is going on, you know, and, and I feel like Toby Maguire, no one's really talked to him because he's been outside of the limelight or whatever you want to call it for a while. Andrew Garfield, like straight up denied absolutely everything. Um, and so who knows? I'm, I'm super excited. I really hope the trailer happens to come out tonight. I don't think it will. Um, but if it does, maybe we'll just release like a quick little 15 minute episode or something just talking about it. Um and we'll go from there. But yeah, I, what, what were your thoughts after watching this potato quality video? Um, The way it was paced in that video was it was very much like the average viewer is going to find this unwatchably hard to follow. So we are going to spell it the fuck out for you. That is how that's yeah, how it felt to me. I, that's what I thought, too, dude. <laughs> um, Which. I understand why they had to do that. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was a little bit shorter because it was pretty long. It was like two and a half minutes long. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a little bit shorter or just a little bit seems a little bit tighter. But honestly, the thing, despite all that, uh, the thing that struck me the most was I actually laughed out loud, like pretty hard at um, the joke where about. Dr. Strange's name and Peter Parker because Peter called him Sir. And yeah, he, he kept just saying Sir. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> so uh, proper. We saved the universe together. I don't think you need to call me Sir. And then I, I will not spoil the joke and the reaction. Um, but it, but it's really funny. Like I laughed really hard. So, so that was a good sign. I, I wonder if, I mean, I never disliked. Peter and Doctor Strange's. I don't know why he's just weird to call him Stephen. Peter and Stephen's. Uh, yeah, it is weird. <laughs> Peter and Stephen's interactions, but I do think they seem to have really good chemistry together, and I'm in, I'm very interested to see a lot of that in this movie. Hopefully, yeah. No, same for sure. Um, you know, I'm thinking about like your first comment, like how they had to kind of explain everything. I guess like the main plot for this movie was kind of revealed in that after credit scene, right? The first after credit scene of Spider-Man Far From Home. There's two mm-hmm. of them. I can't remember which one came first. Um, I think the J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, no, that wasn't an after credit scene, was it? That was I just the end the of the movie. The first after credit scene was J. Jonah Jameson revealing the footage that's, that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. I thought that was an after credit scene. Okay. And the next one was Nick Fury in space. Okay. So I guess for like from that point, it's like 
maybe people didn't watch the after credit scene. And so they're like, really, they want to make sure that people understand exactly what happened. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you, you got to admit this, the concept of this movie is, I mean, there are way more Spider-Man fans than there are Marvel fans. Like Spider-Man right. as a character is still, I I don't know if he's number one, but he's still among the most popular characters by a lot. And um and so I I and also it's in this weird spot where it's like it is an MCU movie, but it's also kind of a Sony movie. I just think the average viewer I think this is going to be tough for the average viewer honestly. I think I think I think you're going to have to have some amount of knowledge of Sony and Disney and how is this happening like what universes cuz I think the general audience is aware of the concept of movie universes but right. by this point you fucking better be <laughs> but but I think there's still a lot of people that don't Yeah you know? yeah maybe but I I think I think this movie might be a tough watch for some of those people and I think Tough in in the way, you know, I'm sure it'll still be enjoyable, even if you don't really understand the intricacies of what's going on. But I do think that's going to be a problem. And I think they're just trying to combat that. I think they're going to have to. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's really solid point. It makes a lot of sense. And, and we're getting to the point in the MCU where, like, there's a lot going on. Um, <laughs> yeah. And if you're not following along you're going to be left behind. And this is really dumping into dumping, diving into some deep water. I apparently cannot talk today. Um, but yeah, it's you're, you're spot on. You're spot on. And, and you just said like, there's a lot going on. And on top of that, I mean, we'll find out more when the movie comes out, but it sure seems to me like this is completely separate universe fuckery from the Loki universe fuckery. So it's like, yeah, that's another layer on top. Like, yeah, it's just like multiverse, multiverse, multiverse. Yeah. All coming at you from different, you know, angles. Insanity. It's basically a bukkake of multiverses. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and we're just sitting right in the middle, just eagerly waiting. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> let's let's move right on. Um, <laughs> So <sighs> I guess. um. There was some questions about why Tom Holland wouldn't be uh, reprising his re- reprising his role as Spider-Man in the Marvel What If episode that features him. And basically, I guess the producer of the show, Brad Winterbaum, was talking to Collider. Um, and he said, you know, I'm not treated to all the ins and outs of the relationship with Sony, but I think it may have something to do with that. Yeah, that's what he said, basically. <laughs> and so... <sighs> maybe they just, you know, they have a weird deal with the movies and who makes money on the movies versus the ones that he's in that aren't Spider-Man movies. I'm sure they just didn't want to have to deal with the intricacies of contract negotiations when like they almost, you know, that almost ended like a year or yeah. two ago. Um, so <sighs> I just wish they would spend literally any amount of money to just buy him outright. Like, I just I refuse to believe Disney can't make that happen if they really wanted to. I mean, there was there is a lot of news that actually came out in the last week. Um, this is what I was going to kind of jump into right here is that um, Disney was reportedly considering buying out all of Sony for Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, my God. That would have been the most big dick move 
in history. <laughs> I mean, at this point, like, just do it. Disney. it it's it's getting to the point now where it just doesn't make sense to keep trying to have these contract negotiations in August 2019. Sony temporarily walked away from Disney and the Marvel Universe after they failed to reach an agreement right. over all the different rights. Um, if you can buy out all of Fox, you can easily buy out Sony. Um, I mean, Sony is a much smaller uh, film studio company or whatever. Um, so this was this was a new rumor that came out, and it says, it sounds like Disney is possibly offering to buy out Spider-Man rights or buy Sony's film division, although our source said they are considering buying Sony, which doesn't rule out a merger slash acquisition. Keep in mind that Sony as a company is very large and has a large hold in gaming. This will also complicate any deal the two companies settle on since Sony owns a lot of Spider-Man games as well as other properties. If Disney manages to make a deal with Sony for Spider-Man and the surrounding characters, that deal is going to be very complicated and many pages long in the end and won't happen quickly. So who knows, but I, I feel like as much as we don't like Disney as a gigantic mega corporation, I don't think it would be very hard for them to buy out Sony if they wanted to. It'd be complicated, but they bought out all of 20th Century Fox, so... Yeah. Yeah, they could make it happen. And honestly, they should, because fuck Disney, but fuck Sony more. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) So, so, you know, just do it, Disney. Who fucking cares? And he's the most (laughs) popular superhero. They have everyone else in-house again. It just makes sense for the future, you know, if you want to keep making money and not having to deal with Sony, just kind of taking your beautifully crafted universe and, you know, shitting right next to it. um, (laughs) This is the way to do it. Yep. Agreed. So. All right. Um, Kind of still talking about what if Um, there was a another conversation, uh, same same conversation between Collider and, and the executive producer, Brad Winterbaum on what if he said we had very few parameters uh, but no X-Men or Fantastic Four was certainly one of them. We wanted to make sure the characters that we used were firmly rooted in the MCU. It had nothing to do with rights, nothing to do with future stories we wanted to tell. It had everything to do with what if uh, and which what what if is, which is a spin on established storylines. Um, so they were looking particularly at the Infinity Saga. Once it's there in the MCU, we get to make what if episodes for it. So basically we need to wait to see X-Men in the MCU, Fantastic Four in the MCU prior to seeing them show up on this show. Yeah. Which understandable. However, should have done a Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver episode would have been easy. Ooh, I didn't even think about that. Cause yeah, we haven't seen him show up in a while. You'd think, and we'll get into this in a bit, but you'd think, yeah, like the characters that people love that were, you know, they showed up once and then that was it. Um, that that would be the type of character that they would want to, you know, include in this type of thing. But we'll right. see. We'll see what happens. Um, we got another confirmation. Our Lord and Savior Kevin Feige um, has confirmed that the studio's sequel to Deadpool, Deadpool 2, which is just tentatively titled Deadpool 3, um, has a place on Marvel Studios' slate of movies. Um When asked uh, whether they have a release window in mind for the movie, he said, we do. The script is in the works, and Ryan uh, is working very hard on it with our writers as we speak. So Ryan Reynolds is busy working on Deadpool 3. So far, it's supposed to be rated R, um, and it's good that it has a timeline. It seems like it's moving forward. So 
I fucking love it. I am. I was a. I was a pretty big fan of Deadpool one. I thought Deadpool two was okay, but I. But just. I hope. I think Ryan Reynolds probably has enough sway to really kind of uh, bite the hand that feeds with this next one. And I really hope he does. I love him as a human being and uh, as Deadpool. And I'm I'm like really still, I'm more excited for this Deadpool movie than either of the other two, for sure. I feel like him being in the MCU creates so much more of an opportunity for crazy, fun, silly shit to happen. Yeah, just fuckery. I love how fuckery. in the first one, they subtly had a helicarrier in the end and this never mentioned it. Yep. <laughs> I still yeah, think about I that, that to this day. I was like, they're on a helicarrier right now. Like, there's no doubt about it, but they'll yep. never say it because they can't. <laughs> I love I love that shit. I'm excited to see like things like that. Like, what are they going to try to sneak past, you know, dummy Disney executives who aren't going to understand what they're watching. Like what crazy references are they going to try to sneak in? What, uh, what jokes are they going to make about the situation? They could just throw in there too. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm really expecting a lot and I, I, (laughs) my expectations are high, but I, but I think it can meet them. I think it can. It I think it also it's it's the easiest movie to just slide into the MCU having the already the other two yes. already existing. Yes, totally. Because it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> it <all>. doesn't. <laughs> and he'll be able yeah. to be as meta as he wants about it, which is amazing. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Super. That's I'm, I'm right. A... I'm right there with you. I think it's it has some serious potential to be the best one. Yeah. Um, I think I need to watch both those movies again. Um, it's been a little bit. Yeah. I'll have to watch them. Probably um, worth a rewatch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. I want to jump over to Dune really quick before we go back to some Marvel stuff. Just a quick little palate cleanser here. Okay. So um, I think as I've mentioned several times, Dune is my favorite book. Yes. My favorite movie director. His name is Denis Villeneuve. He's like a French-Canadian dude. It took me about three years to figure out how to say his name. Um, and he happens to be directing Dune, which comes out supposedly, knock on wood, in uh, a couple months. <laughs> It, yeah. It's been delayed for a while. Um, so what they're doing, Dune is a big book. It has a lot of shit in it. It's really confusing. It, it's hard to read. This movie, this Dune movie, is going to be part one of two of this book. But technically, part two has not been been scheduled, written at all yet. And so there's a fear among a lot of fans that this movie will not get made. The part two will not get made because these big science fiction fantasy movies never make a lot of money. And it's getting released in COVID times. So I guess uh, the director was asked whether, you know, he was concerned about a sequel happening. And this is what he said. He says, everybody at Warner Brothers and Legendary, they are 100% behind the project. They feel it would need a really bad outcome at the box office to not have a Dune Part 2 because they love the movie. They are proud of the movie, so they want the movie to move forward. and And they still did half of it. So, you know, I'm very optimistic. And while I'm reading this, I'm still like, uh, I don't know. Sounds yeah, like a director. That's, that sounds a little. I mean, it's your movie. Of course, you're going to say that. I love it. But yeah, I just I really hope this movie ends up being good. Um, it looks really cool. And so we will see what happens, whether people end up taking a chance in this gigantic, really nerdy fantasy movie that 
people have been trying to make a good movie of for decades. I'm I'm extremely excited. Um, it seems like very much my shit. And my favorite thing in the entire world is watching a really good sci-fi movie that is based on the book and then going and reading the book and having the book be even a hundred times better than that. So it's like I get to experience the how amazing the story is twice. I did oh, that with yeah. Ender's Game, and it was the ideal way to uh, experience a story for sure. You know, I 100% agree. That's like an amazing thing to experience. Just like, oh, man, just all the details and the ins and outs, and it just yeah. adds more color to what you already see. So we'll the see. Best. We'll see what happens. I really hope they don't fuck it up. Um, my expectations could not be higher. My hype cannot be higher. So. <laughs> I'm sure it. that does not lead to good things for me, but I hope it ends up being good. So we'll see. <laughs> All right, let's jump back to Marvel. All right. Um, so there's a, a Marvel story called Secret Wars, and it was written oh, yeah. by a guy named Jim Shooter. Um, and there has been talks that, you know, the uh, Russo brothers said they wanted to make a Secret Wars movie. Um, there has been two different versions of Secret Wars, though, so I'm not sure I, which one they were talking about. Um, but it basically kind of ends up being like all the characters together on like a, a different planet. And they're kind of like fighting it out together and kind of gladiatorial. It's very old school. The story was basically written to sell toys in the 70s. Um, but apparently Jim Shooter believes that Marvel's going to make a movie version of this. Um, so he recently stated uh, that someone from Marvel offered him $10,000 to write a novelization of Secret Wars. Um, and so <laughs> he he said, quote this. He was talking to, uh, he was talking to, who was he talking to? He made an appearance at, at Megacon, which is a big convention. And he said, quote, this one clown called me from Marvel. <laughs> I, I love that part of the quote, this one clown. What a way to start it. He says he wasn't an editor, but some executive of property management, which was a little odd. He asked me if I wanted to write a novelization of Secret Wars. And <laughs> the writer added that uh, he was also sent some retroactive work for higher contract that he turned down. Uh, before someone else from Marvel called him to apologize. Um, and so he basically said, this means you're making a movie, right? And the guy said, I'm not allowed to tell you that. And so Shooter said, well, I think you just did then. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows what's going on there? I feel like there's a lot of weird shit going on with rights and Disney trying to cover their ass. So who knows uh, what's going on, but I, I feel like Secret Wars is something that kind of pops up at the end of a bunch of multiversal shenanigans, so yeah. maybe, maybe I mean, not. If, I feel like at this point, I trust no one other than the Russo brothers, maybe Taika Waititi, to do the next Avengers movie. Uh, so if it's gonna, so I almost feel like, is it, do they want to do Secret Wars or do they need the Russo brothers back? And so they have to do Secret Wars because that's the only thing the Russo brothers will do. Yeah. I mean, if the Russo brothers did it, it would be awesome. I love the Russo brothers. I love Taika Waititi. Um, I'd be all for it. I, I think the the most recent Secret Wars, which is not written by Jim Shooter, it was written by Jonathan Hickman. 
uh, was one of my favorite. It's probably got to be my favorite Marvel story of all time. Just everything leading up to that and it happening. Um, so I'd be all for it. Um, certainly it just seems weird, you know, these phone calls and these little inside glimpses we're seeing to things. Um, the article actually says apparently Marvel didn't have a piece of paper that definitively stated that they owned the characters of the Beyonder, uh, Titania, Spider-Woman, and Spider-Man's black alien costumes. I find that hard to believe. I feel like all those artists signed away all of their rights by just working for Marvel. So I don't understand that. Right. Um, yeah, really weird shit. Yeah, so I, I've seen a lot of kerfuffle about the specific mention of the, uh, bl- what they call it, the black alien costume? Yeah, is that what they call, they call it? it that. Yeah, but, yeah. but which, which is, of course, the symbiote suit and the first appearance of uh, what would later become Venom. So that so that is interesting if they are exploring that to put in a movie somehow some way um maybe the MCU will just say fine you guys can have venom and we'll have shmenum which yeah. is uh <laughs> which is the same thing but ours played by played by the late Sean Connery of course yeah hey there spidey I'm shmenum played by bomb tart tarly See, that's the greatest thing is if you had Sean Connery play the role of Venom, you could just still have his script say Venom, but he would just pronounce it Shmenum. Yeah, there you go. So problem (laughs) solved right there. Oh, man. I guess it's like Disney and Marvel really got to get this back office shit together. It's like kind of bad that all this stuff is bleeding through, but yeah, just buy Sony and, uh, you know, exactly dealing with this stupid upper management bullshit. Easy as that. Guys need to get off their boats and do something. <laughs> All right, you know how I feel about these type of people. I'm, my personality is bleeding through too much this episode already. <laughs> All right, it. last big thing for me. Yep, we got the final trailer for Eternals. Yeah, finals. Did finals surprise you? Uh, yeah, it, it was like I thought we just got like a teaser trailer. Yeah, same. And then I was like, <laughs> boom, fine. Which I mean, you know what? I, it surprised me 100%, but I was like, you know what? That's good. Let's, let's yeah, make okay. this the final trailer because we don't need 17 trailers. You know, like Black Widow, I feel like I, I actually spliced the movie together from just all the promotional material before I even saw it. So. Yeah, true. But um, yeah, um, I only watched it once on purpose um, because I just... I don't, I've been trying not to hyperanalyze. You know how I feel about these things. Yeah. I'm trying not to watch too many trailers, but I was like, we're talking about it. I have to watch it. But, you know, I waited. I waited like a day. I was like, maybe I won't watch it. And then someone posted a picture of one of the Celestials. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I need to watch this fucking trailer right now. Um, it seemed like this trailer gave a lot more of the plot away. In terms of just like, well, maybe not, I worded it, that weird. It just, it set things up a lot more clear to me than the, the teaser trailer did. Okay. It's like, we're the Eternals, we're against the Deviants, and, you know, we were told to do this by the Celestials. I thought that was interesting. You know, you got a little bit more interplay between the actual Eternals themselves. I thought that was interesting. Still don't really know what uh, Kit Harrington's doing. Uh, you know he's just kind of black knight chilling around in like a jacket um but yeah i don't know it was like it was a really good trailer looks good 
I'm excited for it. I don't really want to know too much more, uh, but I'm 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 anxiously awaiting it. So, so tell me this, because I'm wondering if I'm picking up on this from your tone correctly, or if I'm imparting my feelings onto you. It's like I don't disagree with most of what you just said, and it is a well put together trailer. But for me, it didn't get me hyped at all. If anything, it made me, I don't know why, less excited. Hmm. Am I alone in that? I don't think I'm less excited. I think I'm probably still the same. I, okay. think, I'm, I think I'm more curious than excited. Okay. Um, you know, I, I guess like I think about, I think about like Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Uh, I think we were both super hyped for that, but we also yes. knew like what they were. Um, I've never read anything from the Eternals, um, mm-hmm. which is like probably one of the few properties from Marvel that I haven't read something before. Um, and so a lot of it is kind of just like, huh, okay, like this is all new, which is fun to experience. Um, I really have no idea what to expect from this movie, how it's going to tie in. I mean, it seems like, Icarus, who's played by Richard Madden, is basically Superman, uh, which is pretty crazy. You know, he's got the fucking laser eyes and shit. You know, all these people seem super powerful. Yeah. Um, And so I think I'm excited about this movie. I'm not super hype on it. Um, I'm more curious and I think it'll be interesting to watch. I think I, I am happy that Chloe Zhao directed it. That does give me, you know, just it. It some confidence just because i think she's a really competent director she's smart and i like her um but yeah i mean i I wouldn't say i'm less excited i'm more just like very curious and interested to see how this movie turns out other than the i'm trying to like figure out what about it rubbed me the wrong way and i think it might be is the villain just like just these random faceless demon dog deviants. Like, yeah, I would hope not. Like they seem very justice league by Joss Whedon. Yes. Yes. That's what, that's how this whole trailer felt to me. Even, I don't know if this is fact, but in my head, I'm like seeing the whole movie with this weird, like sepia tone. Like it's very like drab kind of like, I don't. Yeah, that's that is 100 percent the vibes I'm getting from everything about this is Joss Whedon Justice League. (laughs) Yeah, I think like Justice League. I love that. Um, I think it's really the deviants were the only thing that gave me that vibe for sure. Um, It'll be interesting to see. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't really know who the villain is, like who's in charge of the deviants. We got the Celestials who were kind of, you know, in charge of the Eternals. I would assume the deviants have a big bad too i don't really know who it is um but yeah i feel like there's a lot of main characters there's what like mm-hmm. eight of them um yeah, yeah, that's a lot least, to handle especially since like usually when you're going into a team movie, you at least know some of them a little bit right I mean, think about how like legendary it was when the avengers came together and they thought that that was impossible and we had movies for all of them before it i don't know any of these people if I wasn't looking at like a list, I wouldn't rem- have remembered Icarus's name. This guy named yeah. Kingo. Kumail's name is Kingo in this movie. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, it's it's gonna be interesting, like remembering all these names. But I 
I hope that I'm my skepticism is proven wrong. Um, but yeah, it's it'll be interesting between Black Widow. So established last character movie, we've got Shang Shang Chi, which is obviously new, but I, I I'm a lot more hyped for that one just because I don't know it seems exciting. Mm-hmm. And then this one is a big huge fucking question mark for me. And then Spider Man No Way Home, like it's just, it's it's kind of like the the weird mystery ingredient in an interesting sandwich. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if I'm gonna like it, and I'm a little hesitant to try it if I'm being honest. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it will uh it will be interesting for sure. But you know what? As I say almost always, I, I really I, I feel like I don't have the uh I'm not in the right place to be be questioning Kevin Feige at this point. <laughs> True. You know what? You you haven't led me astray so far. Why am I doubting you after like twenty five movies, you know? <laughs> True. But, fair. Uh, we'll see. I think it's just my MCU anxiety, which I've been talking to my therapist about regularly, so <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong? And I'm like, what if they make a bad movie? Will it soil the entire franchise? Oh my god. It's, it's a regular conversation that's had. So that's real shit. Alrighty. That's my last piece of news. You got anything, oh, my friend? Yeah, I have one thing. So <laughs> there's a rumor. Uh-oh. But apparently it's pretty credible that despite the fact that John Boyega has absolutely trashed Disney and specifically trashed Disney Plus, he said something along the lines of, like, you'll never see me in a Disney Plus series. Despite all that, apparently, they're doing a Finn Disney Plus series. Money, 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 money. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Money, 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 money. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, you know, everyone's tough until Disney writes out a blank check. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but That sounds but, awful, uh, dude. Disney plus Finn series. Well, uh. here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I, I, I heard this on another podcast and their point, which I think it, it was the Weekly Planet. I'll shout it out. Uh, their point, which I think I agree with is. Well, and potentially John Boyega's point is like his problem with the character in the first well his problem with the whole deal was that finn got done dirty basically like he just was a nothing character that amounted to nothing and like wasn't well written and he was like you know the promise of this character was so much more like you promoted him holding a fucking lightsaber in the first movie and then he's just just some fucking doofus (laughs) like he just amounts to nothing and so the thought process is is that they're gonna do it right now. Like, this is like a do-over, basically. It's like, we're really gonna get it right. Um, So, I don't know. We'll see. If that's true, I mean, I I would definitely watch it. I'm a big fan of John Boyega, in general. Um, I would definitely watch it, but... Dude, I hear... Oh, boy. Um, (laughs) Okay. Like you have a piece of shit. Do you really try to just like rework that piece of shit to make it a a nicer piece of shit? What? (laughs) It's very important. The sequels sequels of Star Wars are so bad. The problem is with your perception. 
because oh my god the sequels i would just i don't want to touch any of those characters one of the sequels is a big piece of shit but uh but the other two are fine yeah but they're just fine you know like they have some good moments i don't know i would just I'm sure that it's going to make a bunch of money. I think Star Wars is only an amalgamation of good moments. So that's why I think that's why I don't care. Or or let me rephrase. I think that's why to me, like the few good moments, particularly in The Last Jedi, which for anybody, it was new. I love and Tommy absolutely hates. Yeah. And um, and uh, but I think the reason why I love it and why it doesn't like bother me so much is because to me even the originals and is definitely the prequels are just i only the good parts of star wars are only the good moments and the rest of it is fucking nonsense so like i would say empire strikes back is the only truly amazing star wars movie even that though like it's so goofy if you look at it objectively and i'm not even disagreeing i'm just saying for for the for the point of me making my point, it's like all of it is is kind of goofy nonsense, even the very, very, very best of it. And The Last Jedi for me, and to a lesser extent, um, whatever the one before that was, I don't even remember what it's called. Oh my God, The Force uh, Awakens. Yes. Um, they had enough like big moments where I'm like, oh shit, like I'm never, that's a big iconic Star Wars moment in my mind and I'm never going to forget that. And I really liked it. Um, but none of the only big moments in the rise of Skywalker that stick out in my mind are terrible moments. I fu- I really fucking hated everything about that movie. I've definitely but, found out that like, if you, and this is just for me personally, if you really shit the landing yeah on whatever it is like tv show yeah movie. like it's so hard for me to even like the things i liked like i think wow, the force okay. awakens didn't bother me that much the last jedi had some moments in it but then it, like it just it just fell flat for me at the end um and in the last sky whatever the fuck it's called yeah rise of skywalker uh, like just just a terrible attempt at making everything make sense yeah. Um, like, you know, the end of the TV show Dexter ruined the whole show for me. Yeah. The last season of Game of Thrones. Well, they're going to redo on Game that very soon, though. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I- I'll watch Super that. Super stoked, um, yeah. But yeah, like, it was am- I was such a Game of Thrones fan. I was reading the books, yeah. which are fucking long as fuck. Yeah, same. <laughs> they just totally, like, deflated every ounce of hype I had for that entire franchise. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I remember I was gonna read all the books, but then I read the first book and I was like, man, I can't be reading these fucking Bibles. And then all that was right around the time when it started to become obvious that George R.R. R. Martin was just never gonna finish the books anyways. Right. So like, why why fucking torture myself? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, to to read uh, something that'll never be finished and then you yeah, can watch I feel the, so you know. bad for like the hardcore Game of Thrones novels fans. Yeah, so they are going to get like, screwed. You know, part of me is like, I don't really blame the guy, though. You know, yeah, true. But then let someone else do it. Give them the right. outlines. Like, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. But I do think he has an obligation. Not an obligation. Nobody has an obligation to do anything in this life. Do what the fuck you want. But um, I think it would be a nice gesture if he just let somebody else finish the story. Yeah, I think my biggest problem with George R.R. R. Martin, sorry to go off on this tangent, is um, 
is that he's always saying that he's working on it. Yeah, it's like, dude, not. you're not yeah. doing jack shit. Just like, just be straight with us, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been working saying on like, since, like video 2014 games and shit. that he's yeah. a couple like a year away, you know? <laughs> yeah, insane. He's such a liar. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't get it. But hey, I mean, I get why he doesn't want to do it. But yeah, just, yeah. just don't lie to me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's jump. Let's jump over to the episode after we we bitch for about an hour, but rightfully so, I think. Yeah, love it. Um, this week we are talking about episode two of Marvel's new animated series, What If. Um, this week's episode is titled "What If T'Challa Became a Star Lord." Um, I was so turned off by the last episode that I waited several days to watch this one. Oh wow. Just let that sink in for a moment. I'm always like, boom, boom, boom. Let's watch this shit. I watched yeah. this yesterday. Wow. Okay. Because I was thinking about it. I was like, was I too harsh by giving this a one last week? And then I thought about it. I was like, you know what? That was nice of me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> and, and, and I think after watching this second episode, I was like, I feel like that was like a, a test episode or something. Because yeah. I feel like they were just reanimating so many clips and backgrounds and things that we'd already seen before, and I hated it. Yeah. So, this episode, what if T'Challa became a Star-Lord? <laughs> I will just set up the premise, and I feel like we can just kind of jump around a little bit. Um, so, basically, the Ravagers were hired by Ego to find Peter Quill on Earth, his son, just like they were in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, however... Uh, Yandu assigns Craglin, uh, one of the other dudes, and then Taserface, who I was, wasn't expecting to see. Um, <laughs> Taserface. Um, and he assigned them to grab Peter Quill, but he, they end up taking T'Challa from Wakanda. Um, and I think Craglin's like, he's got two eye holes, two ear holes, and one mouth hole. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> that was basically the only criteria for trying to find Peter Quill. Um, and, and, uh, T'Challa ends up staying with them. And obviously that, that kind of changes, uh, you know, the whole events of, of what happened to Star-Lord and his whole backstory as T'Challa becomes Star-Lord. Um, I would just say before kind of just kicking it off, I just like that the premise of this one is not something that I would have thought of. Yeah, True. I just never would have been like, well, I wonder if T'Challa was Star-Lord. It's just, it's a cool thing that I could see like a comic being written about and being like, oh, wow, I wonder what would happen. And so that already started me off on a good foot. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, I also think both T'Challa and Peter Quill, I like more as characters than Peggy Carter. (laughs) So that also Uh, um, made me more excited. But see, I was like, I was the almost opposite of you because I watched it like the second I could because of the fact that I disliked the first one so much. I was like, there's absolutely no way in hell the second one is going to be worse than the first one. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. It's like, like it's only up from here kind of thing. Yeah. So like I I really wanted to see it. And I, in, in my opinion, it definitely was. This was a Big step in the right direction. Huge. Huge. Yeah, we definitely still see some familiar things. Um, Like, uh, you know, we open up uh, basically the scene on Morag 
Um, and instead of Peter Quill coming to get the orb, um, it's T'Challa. And he is intercepted by um, Korath, who is played by that same actor, thank goodness, because that guy has such a weird voice. Um, <laughs> and uh, only this time, instead of them not knowing who Star-Lord is, Star-Lord is like this well-known person in space. He's like Space and, Robin Hood. He steals from the rich and gives to the poor. Right. I respect and that. And Korath is super excited to have a chance to spar with him. Yeah, which I loved. And, and you know, it just clearly like T'Challa just completely owns Korath. And uh, what are those guys called? The um, whatever aliens those are. I can't remember what the alien race is. That is Chitari? Korath. Not Chitari. No, not not Chitari. I, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Ronan, Ronan grunts. Ro- yeah, Ronan grunts, basically. Um, and so he basically is able to like put, uh, Korath down pretty quickly. And I think Korath, he ends up picking up Korath's body because Korath wanted to join him, um, and, and actually work for him. Um, they go out and all of the alien dudes are waiting for him. Uh, but then, you know, a ravager never flies solo. Um, yeah. and he has to say it a couple times. <laughs> And Yandu shows up with his crazy fucking arrow and just <laughs> murders everybody, uh, which is always enjoyable to watch. Yes. Um, and we quickly learn the big difference between Star-Lord being Peter Quill and Star-Lord being T'Challa is that instead of just being pirates, they're basically like humanitarian Robin Hood-esque you know, space pirates where they just steal and they try to help as many people as, as possible. Yeah, I uh I love it. I love the fact that just uh T'Challa just has such deep-seated morality that he, he changed the entire fate of the universe just because uh just because he got abducted by aliens when he was yeah. like oh 10 my or God. whatever. Everyone just wants to be a better person around T'Challa apparently. Oh, I saw this great meme it was like it was like all Thanos needed was like a good argument <laughs> and it would stop yeah. him from being a basically uh someone who commits genocide across the entire cosmos. Um let's I think we need turns to jump out, to that because that was the yeah. most shocking thing to me. Yeah. So can I say I my shock was dur- happened during the credits when they completely spoiled the fact that Thanos was in this episode by the fact that Josh Brolin got a really long title card all to himself. <laughs> and I, like in the opening credits, I was like, Oh, I guess Thanos is in this then. Like I was kind of bummed about that. I, I wish they wouldn't have had put that in the literal intro. I'm so glad I was not paying attention at all. <laughs> Cause I totally was not watching. I was probably on my phone doing some stupid shit. Um, <laughs> and I, I completely missed that, but yeah, that's kind of a bummer. It's like, yeah, yeah. keep that a secret. Um, yeah, it's, it was crazy. Where were they at? They were at the bar somewhere, wherever the Ravagers are at, at a bar. Um, and oh yeah, the largest, the largest bar humanly, it was like a nightclub, but it was like the size of like the city I live in. 
<laughs> like, yeah. It's fucking completely, wild. Completely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, And Thanos basically comes up and we find out that Thanos is a Ravager. And it, I was so happy <laughs> to see him show up. It's just like, it was such a wild departure from what we're used to. Um, And basically it comes down to T'Challa basically convinced Thanos that like he could use his power to just redistribute resources to help all those people rather than, you know, committing random mass genocide. (laughs) But uh, but he still argues uh, multiple times that his way was efficient. Yeah, I love how he's always (laughs) subtly uh, just dropping whoever he's talking to. He's basically talking about his idea of just randomly killing everyone. It's not genocide (laughs) if you just randomly kill everyone. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. That's right. That's right. Um, so I one thing I noticed immediately and then realized Im- immediately afterwards that I was dumb. But so as far as voice acting goes, I thought um, T'Challa was great. I mean, everybody across the board, except for maybe one person we'll get to, uh, I thought was better than last week. Um, but then I thought Josh Brolin as Thanos was like particularly better. I was like, whoa, like this is really good. And then I immediately realized because he was voice acting for the live action movies he was in the whole time anyway. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Like, he knows how to do it. Yeah. So but I, I was like really impressed with the way that they. I mean, that was the same character for sure, uh, which I which I really felt. And and I and I really liked, um, you know, this the same in but when a very different path, clearly. Right. Yeah. No, 100 percent. And also just in the note of, of voice acting, I could totally see why they didn't ask Dave Bautista to come back for this. Drax was in it for like, like two yeah. lines. Yeah. Yeah. And it was funny, but. Yeah, you don't need Dave Batista for that. Yeah, but if he wanted to do it, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they could have worked something out. But I thought that guy actually of the people who've been doing impressions, that guy might have been the best. Yeah, no, it was not bad. It's not bad at all. I mean, like, obviously, when I'm watching these, I'm kind of on the lookout for, you know, just differences or whatever. It didn't bother me at all. Um, No, me neither. Yeah, the voice acting, for the most part, did not really um, affect me in this in this whole episode too much. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think the main premise uh, to beyond obviously T'Challa being Star Lord or a version of Star Lord is that in Thanos's power vacuum that he leaves behind, Tanalir Tavan, aka the Collector, kind of becomes the space bad guy. Yeah. Um, and the Ravagers who are in the bar are approached by Nebula, who is not fucked up looking, you know, she doesn't look like she's been experimented on as much. She has like long blonde hair, really cool, uh, you know, this version of her that's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, she comes to the Ravagers and proposes to steal, uh, one of the collector's collections or things, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's called the Embers of Genesis which is basically some dust that is capable of terraforming um, ecosystems. Uh, and, and they want to, you know, steal this uh, ember of embers of Genesis so that they can help get rid of like 
galactic hunger basically at a, at a large scale and so that's kind of the why the black panther wants to get this yeah um and so that's kind of the whole that's the macguffin that's the whole kind of big story that we'll see kind of play out uh throughout the whole episode which i don't know sounded pretty cool i guess i like the collector yeah so i like the collector too however that is the <laughs> character that uh i yeah. They did get what's his name to voice him again. That was that I was, the guy. was so shy. I just read that he voiced it, and I was going to say the guy that did his voice sounded so bad, and then yeah. I just read that it, yeah, was, it was him, him, and I'm shocked. It was him. Yeah. So I don't understand what the fuck he was doing. Maybe he was drunk off his ass in the in the recording booth, but uh, but like it was not a great performance. I thought. Dude, I am like I was like I wonder who Eric's going to think voices voice was weird. Because uh, I was like, well, you know, the collector, it was some guy just trying to do an impersonation. Yeah, it was I am not. shocked that that was Benicio <laughs> Del Toro. Yeah, yeah. I literally said to my partner, uh, Mia, I was like, well, I guess they didn't get Benicio Del Toro for this one while we were watching it. <laughs> yeah. That sounded nothing they like him. What did. the fuck? I know. I know. I, I truly don't understand it. I but, bet what uh, they did, they just they called up Benicio Del Toro and they're sort of like, say this. And then they just used the <laughs> yeah, recording. Yeah, just recorded on the iPhone. Oh my god, that's oh my god! I'm like in, in complete shock right now that that's yeah, him. yeah, yeah. I, I I'm really not sure what happened there, but uh, <laughs> but, uh it wasn't great. No, dude, that was the worst. I I didn't know who you were gonna go with at first. <laughs> now that I thought about it, and especially now that I realized that was him, it sounded bad. Yeah, it did sound really bad. Yeah. But um, I do like the fact that he's ripped in this universe. <laughs> yeah, no, I loved the version of the character a lot. Um, the collector to me has always been a really interesting character because he's really fucked up. Yeah, like just the oh, way yeah. he views everything as like something to own. Yeah, is really, really creepy, but interesting. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's he's just. I I am really kind of bummed that they haven't gotten him and in the comics at least his brother the uh, the grandmaster uh together. I think those two characters would be so great to see in the MCU like to get teaming up and we have not seen that at all. Yeah, I think just the the character interactions between the two of them would be fascinating. Yeah. Just, they're just they're both very wacky uh kind, kind of, of whimsical esque type characters they're very yeah. over the top yeah yeah big so time I, I would hope that they would do something there yeah i want to see that yeah same right on board with you all right so i guess the collector his headquarters is on nowhere just like it it was in the in the movies and he has hired the black order which are thanos's thugs from um you know, the last two Avengers movies mm. um, as his kind of henchman. So we get to see the return of Ebony Maw, Proxima Midnight, Corvus Glaive, um, and Call Obsidian. Um, and so that was kind of nice, especially Ebony Maw. I think a lot of fans really liked Ebony Maw. Um, didn't really get a lot of big moments in this one, but uh, it was cool to see the characters again. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I could really care less about the, uh, 
about what well, I can't even remember what they're called. The Black Order? Is that it? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah, they're cool, but um I think it was more an excuse, and I think, yeah, I'm glad they did it. Uh, but more an excuse like if Thanos is gonna be in the episode, let's have him fight <laughs> people or let's have him fight characters that people might be interested to see how he would fare, which would probably be his like top lieutenants. Yeah, it does really seem like they were like, who would be the henchman of the collector? I feel like that was the conversation. And then I was like, well, let's just do the Black Order because. Yeah. Yeah. Who else is a a more logical, you know, henchman for the collector to actually have? Yeah. Um, And especially if they're focused mostly on characters we've already seen. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You can't really have anyone new in here. Yeah. So I guess the whole thought process is. The heist will go, Yondu and Nebula go straight to nowhere. They offer the orb to, uh, they offer the orb to Tanalir, uh, while T'Challa tries to infiltrate the collection, uh, that he has there in order to find these embers of Genesis. Yes. Um, while he's there, he finds basically a Wakandan ship. Oh, you missed, you skipped the best part. Uh Oh, what did I skip? He meets Howard the duck. Oh, yeah, Howard the Duck. When you're out of luck, you get the duck. Whatever it is he says. Dude, Howard the Duck is so fucking good. And Seth Green, right? Uh, um, yes. Is uh, who yes. voices him. Does an amazing job, I thought. Uh, he, I think, like, one of the first thing he says is he basically makes a joke about how the collector is compensating for having a small penis which I enjoy greatly because, one, true. Two, that's the most Howard the Duck thing he could have possibly said. So it's just a great way to, uh, yeah, I I love it. I hope we see Howard the Duck in in live action again. Yeah, what a great character that, like, we really only have seen for seconds. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But every time we see him, I'm always like, man, I love Howard the Duck. Yeah. It's great. And I'm a big Seth Green fan, too. Like, the more stuff that guy can be in, he's so, like, understated. But, like, I feel like like he's around a lot. I mean, he voices Chris in Family Guy, which is, like, just still one of the biggest animated shows ever. Uh, so he's definitely around, but, like, I feel like he he's not around enough. Yeah, I mean, the dude is in so many things that I don't think people realize that he's in. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was, I was super excited to see him show up. Hope to see him more. Um, super awesome character moment. I love how he's just like just drinking. He has to stop to get another drink. And it just they I feel like they didn't tame it down at all, which I liked. Yes. <laughs> um, and so so T'Challa. OK, I also forgot to mention that Nebula calls T'Challa Cha-Cha. And I love that. Yeah. Do they? Oh, because T'Challa. The, yeah, I, I was trying to think. I was like, why did she do that? But yeah, it just clicked. Everyone give Eric a round yeah. of applause. <laughs> yeah. Figuring out that nickname there. <laughs> Meanwhile, I didn't even know Benicio Del Toro was in this one, so I guess I can't say too much. But I can't believe that that was him. Yeah. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, it's fucking wild. <laughs> oh, mind blown. All right, so T'Challa had thought that his entire country and his family had been destroyed. Um, and that's why he stayed on the ship and didn't go back to Wakanda. But he finds this Wakandan spaceship and realized that Yandu lied to him about Wakanda 
and that his father and his people had been searching for him throughout the galaxy this entire time for decades. Um, so obviously that's like a big shock to his system and it's very upsetting to him. And while this is all going down, all the Ravagers are basically captured when Nebula uh, betrays them all. Mm-hmm. And the whole betrayal is basically that Tana Lear Tavan uh, reached out to her so that he could capture T'Challa so he could be part of, their, uh, part of his collection, since obviously he's a very unique person. Um, and so basically T'Challa, you know, has some choice words for uh, the collector on his practice of imprisoning others. Um, and it kind of inspires uh, the collector's assistant, Karina, uh, to betray him. And she frees T'Challa. Um, and a nebulous obviously kills some of the black Wait, order and rescues the ravagers. I thought he broke. I I thought T'Challa broke out with his um necklace, his Black Panther necklace. He used it as like, uh, like he held it as like they were like Wolverine claws, and he punched through the glass. I think it was a combination of both of them. At least that's what I had written down in my notes. Is that she ends up shooting the ebony maw, and helps him escape as well. Because she said, because she, she ends up saying, she's like, I liked what you said about him, like, holding people captive or whatever. You're right. That's right. So I think it was a little bit of both. Okay. You're not, you're not wrong. Um, and we basically find out that Nebula, you know, it was like a triple cross kind of situation. <laughs> that did make me laugh. <laughs> yeah. That's, so, that's super, that is, so la- that's lame, I feel like. But it was pulled off well. I didn't, it didn't. I saw it coming, but I thought that like how they handled it and paced it, it worked fine. Yeah, you know, for like a quick thing. Yeah. Um, and so and so yeah, it it was what it was. You know, I never thought that you would be on the collector side to begin with. Um, you know, and you know they use some of the embers of Genesis, whatever the fuck's called, to escape. Um, you know, and there's a big fight, and uh, Karina ends up freeing all these captives, and they basically are about to just kill Tanalir Tavan at the end because he's overpowered. Oh, but before that, when the Collector is fighting T'Challa and T'Challa's on the ropes, T'Challa uses the code word, a Ravager never flies solo. Yandu is there. At this point in the fight, the Collector is wearing Hela's, uh, like, magical... Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, like thorned helmet or or whatever that gives him death blades, whatever the fuck he called them, and um, and yeah, so T'Challa's like about to die. He uses the code phrase, and Yandu instead of putting an arrow through the collector's head, which he, he very easily could have done, he just he just hits like Hella's helmet off. And it's like, why, dude? Like yeah, for what reason? Yeah, you just you had no problem murdering like sixty people fifteen minutes earlier in the episode. <laughs> Why just put just put it through this guy's skull? What have you got to lose? Yeah, I don't no, get I, it. You're you're completely in the right there. It, <laughs> it didn't really make any sense. It was really just like we need the story to continue. Yeah, we can't just have the collector just you know be brutally murdered. By this arrow for whatever reason. Yeah, that part really stood out to me. I was like, what? <laughs> Why the fuck did he hit the helmet? Yeah, makes no sense. It was cool seeing some of, you know, some of the 
artifacts that we had previously seen. Obviously, the Hella yeah, he had it, everything. It cool to see that, the shout out for that Earth in that universe has been fucked for a while. Seems like <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, could not be good for them. Yeah, that's for sure at all. Yeah, you see like the Thor's hammer, Captain America's shield, yeah. lots of different things. No good. Um. And so, you know, I think the end, it's kind of T'Challa forgives Yandu for his lies. They return to Earth and reunite in Wakanda. And then that's where we get like just a couple of really funny lines as you see them interacting. You know, the king of uh, T'Chaka is basically like, I still don't understand how you got in that ship. And Yandu's like <laughs> really like anxiously nervous because he literally just kidnapped him. Um, and then Thanos is talking to koye i believe yeah yeah and and she's like that sounds like genocide to me (laughs) (laughs) so he's still just trying to talk about just wiping out half of everyone in the universe (laughs) it was a fun little scene i thought uh everyone reuniting on wakanda yeah Um, i i really like that scene a lot and they they, i thought that what they really did good is um really did well is is how they finished it off with zooming in on a dairy queen on Earth, mm. and you see a Peter Quill who clearly has just been working at Dairy Queen, <laughs> listening to music, uh, mopping. And so, if he didn't become Star Lord, he'd just be working at Dairy Queen. And then he is approached by Ego, uh, who has been looking for him all this time. Yeah, Ego, uh, animated, I mean, looking fucking beautiful and voiced by. Oh, uh, what's Kurt his fucking Russell. name? Kurt Russell. Yes, Kurt Russell. Um, so here is my theory. Well, before I get into my theory, tell me, tell me this: what the fuck is the deal with the fact? Like, clearly, any actual beard that they have to actually draw looks fine in this style, but like stubble, five o'clock shadow looks particularly on Peter Quill. Am I nuts or does it look like laughably bad? Oh, I didn't notice it. I'll have to go back and watch it, I think. Like it Let looks me see if I can pull it up. It literally to me, it looks like if you were on a Microsoft or if you're on a Windows computer in the 90s, Windows 95, and you went in paint and you took the spray paint button in Microsoft Paint and you just spray painted this guy's fucking face and that's what the stubble looks like and it's on every character it's not exclusive to Peter Quill but it's particularly bad on Peter Quill oh boy here let me see okay I'm, I'm on the and, scene right now oh god yeah and especially in contrast to Kurt Russell's beautiful beard yeah it does look like they use a spray paint tool dude I'm honestly if you hadn't noticed I'm kind of mad I mentioned it because that is how they do it on every character of stubble and it looks dumb on every character yeah dude that looks really bad (laughs) I did not notice it though until you pointed it out (laughs) yeah really weird yeah that looks laughably bad but uh but okay here's my theory I think ego is the big bad of this series I think we're gonna come back to ego and and it's been confirmed this is not i mean i guess slight spoiler but this is like publicly available information that uh T'Challa is going to be in four of the episodes of this series what really did you not know that dude no i had no idea oh yeah yeah that's yeah that's wild so dude so that's my thing is like i was going to say at the end of this cuz i don't know that much about this show because i haven't been reading a lot just been experiencing it whatever 
I thought it was going to be way more overarching story, and so far it's not at all. Yeah, I think it's going to get to that. Man, Marvel, what just like can we just no more slow starts, please? I, you're right, I know. Oh, I thought Loki had a actually. Yeah, I, I Loki, Loki was fine. Start. Loki yeah, yeah, was yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier never started. Yeah. Um. <laughs> God damn, that's so true. Uh. Did you see we this probably should have been in news, but like it was it wasn't even news, but they're reporting it as news that like Anthony Mackie officially signed on for Captain America four. I saw that and I was like, this ain't news. This is right. PR like, damage we all control. fucking we all fucking knew this. What are you? <laughs> yeah, they're just putting that out there because they're like, well, Black Widow, blah, 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 blah drama, blah, blah, blah. Let's just put out some good news. Yeah. That was all it was. Yeah, real weird. All righty. Um, anything else before we want to write this one? Uh, no, this was much better. I like the direction that this is going. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I enjoyed this a lot more than the last one. I'm still not like super hype on this series. I'm going to keep giving it a chance, but it uh, I can almost not taste that bad taste in my mouth from the first episode. So that's <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Almost, almost. I'll let you go first. As we do on the Infinity Watch podcast, we rate our movies, TV shows, whatever it is we're talking about out of six whole Infinity Stones. Eric, what are you giving this episode? You might consider this to be wildly high. Oh maybe, maybe not, but I I, I think a four. I think a four. It's, uh, I liked it. I did like it. And it's um something about, like... Like the color palette, it was like very comforting. It was just like I don't know. I just like I I the story was like made made for the most part. It made sense. It made an, as much sense as it needed to make. And it's just a quick. If you wanted it to be, it could be a self contained story. I like I said, I don't think it's gonna be. But uh, yeah, I I liked it. T'Challa. I love the fact that T'Challa is like a trillion times better Star Lord than Peter Quill, which yeah. he would oh, be. He for sure would be. So I like that a lot. Um, I yeah, I liked it. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a four, four out of six. Nice. I was stuck between a three and a four. I think I'm gonna go with a three. All right. Um, just because I think we have a lot. Like they've already made like 18 episodes of this, right, or something like that. What? Um, I know they they have it set out for two seasons already. Holy shit. Um, And so I think there's a lot of room to grow, and that's why I don't want to go super high yet. Uh, I I echo a lot of things you said. I like how much changed in this one. We weren't just recycling things and just doing a small twist. Like, T'Challa being Star-Lord drastically changed everything. Yeah. And we saw characters I didn't expect. I thought it was really interesting to see how the different characters changed alongside that change. Big step up from the last week uh, episode. I still think there's a lot more room to grow. I think a lot of that is not everything being self-contained. And so, um, interested to see where they go. Hope things keep getting better. Super interesting stuff. I'm not sure I'll watch this episode again. um, But I I thought it was really, really interesting and a lot better than the last one. So, I'll I'll give it a really solid three. Almost a four for me, but not quite there. Yeah, I I will say this. I did watch this twice because I watched it the day it came out and then I watched it again um, just earlier today. And Mm. um, I think I I think I liked it even more the the second time around Uh, for some. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I have this weird thing with animation where it's like there's a very specific 
kind of vibe that it can elicit for me. It's like kind of nostalgic and just like very comforting. And this episode definitely captured that. So, so yeah, it's good. It's, it's good. In my book for sure. Damn. I love it. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to recommendations. Mm. What do you got for us this week? My friend, I got a banger for you this week. So right. let me, let me start this by saying, I do not believe in UFOs at all. Really? Um, so you do not believe that intelligent life exists in the universe besides us? No, I think that's a guarantee. I think that's okay. an absolute guarantee. There's no chance that we are the only intelligent life. Oh, but life they just the haven't universe. visited us. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Or uh, if they have, it's certainly not the flying saucers that everybody loses their fucking minds about. Um, right. So with that. So, so who probed me last week? <laughs> only you have the answer to that <laughs> oh man more questions <laughs> um however that said i was recommended a you know the they would probably call it a documentary uh it's called close encounters of the fifth kind and it is about uh what i would consider a scam artist and a cult leader um and about the concept of UFOs. However, despite the fact that this guy is clearly a scam artist and clearly a cult leader, um, I really love this documentary because it was like... Oh, that's Stephen Greer. I've heard of that guy before. Yeah, yeah. Very culty. Very, very culty. Um, yeah. But I really like this documentary. I mean, one, it was just interesting. Um, especially as silly as some of that stuff is, it's still fun to watch. But then I was very surprised to learn that, um, a lot of it was like just very thought provoking. And in particular, it was like half about the UFO thing, but then half of it was kind of about consciousness and just like human consciousness. And they went into all these, you know, quote unquote studies, where which are real studies but i think we need to be uh, you know they're drawing the conclusions they want to draw from these there needs to be a lot more study done but studies right. like everybody's heard of this one where a study of intention you put two plants one of the plants you think positive things only the other plant you think negative things only supposedly in all of these uh experiments the the plant that you thought positive things at does dramatically and measurably better than the plant that you think um, negative things at. I find that kind of stuff very interesting because I also don't know, like I'm not a religious person at all, but I think I probably could be persuaded that there is some kind of like universal consciousness, like the force, I guess. Like Mm -hmm. I, 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 I do think that, you know, I, I I could probably pretty easily be persuaded that just like life somehow has some kind of connection, all of it that we don't understand. Um, and and that's kind of what this got into to the point where they talked about an experiment. Which again, I'm very skeptical of this stuff because this is one experiment. They can draw whatever conclusions they want, but I thought it was interesting. They put a plant in a room. A totally closed off room, zero light in this room. The only light in this room was a UV light at the top in the middle that was set to a random number generator 
to shine specifically on only one of the four corners of the room. So all black room, one light, it randomly is shining in one of four corners in the room. They put a plant in just any random corner. Apparently they found that that this that this randomly generated light would be drawn more frequently to the corner of the plant like consistently. And so the thought is that like life can kind of a, a affect the outcome like these random outcomes in in a way just by virtue of being life. And so they they use this um to try to you know they took it in the direction of and so, and so the aliens are trying to communicate with us telepathically man which is uh oh yeah which is <laughs> I'm not so I'm not so into that idea but but it's super interesting I mean I like can't speak highly enough about the fact like if you just have if you're interested in Deep thinking, I would say, whether you believe in this shit or not, which again, as I said, I very much don't. Um, it's a fascinating watch and it will really get you thinking. Um, and I really liked it a lot. It's called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, not the Third Kind by Steven Spielberg. Um, so two things. Um, this on Rotten Tomatoes. The critic score is seventeen percent, but the <laughs> yeah. but the audience score is seventy eight percent. Yeah, so people liked it. Um, also, um, if you liked Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, which I haven't seen in twenty seventeen, so a few years before this, there was a documentary that was on Netflix that also featured Stephen Greer called Unacknowledged. Oh, I've um, heard of so that. If you if you like that. You might like this one. It's called Unacknowledged, an expose of the world's greatest secret. Um, it was directed by the same person um, and stars Stephen Greer as well. I watched that one and I, I remember not a, a very similar. I remember not always agreeing with it all, but it was just interesting yeah. to kind of listen to, I guess. Yeah. And it is fascinating. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, he is. It's really, really culty. Like, I'm not saying that dismissively. Like, he gets, pe- he has a group of people that they go out and, like, they believe that they communicate with aliens. And in f- to the point where they have a photo of what they say is one. And it's just the shittiest. It's really bad. Nothing yeah, photo. I saw it. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's like, so if you're supposedly talking with these aliens for hours, you're not going to take five seconds to say, hey, bro, can I get a selfie? So, so my friends don't think I'm a fucking crazy person, but actually, but I am. So never mind. <laughs> like, it basically ugh. is like the picture of the Mobile Alabama leprechaun. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So that is kind of sad because these people seem very taken in by his grift, and so I don't like that at all. But, but it is, but it is very thought provoking, just in in a larger sense, in a general sense. I'll I'll definitely watch it. I I remember watching the last one. I'm really into UFO type stuff. Like not not like actively. I just find it very interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I 100% do believe in like intelligent life existing in our universe because it's so big. Um, and so that type of stuff is extremely interesting. And and also just like the concept of like, um, I also don't really. I'm not like a particularly religious person in any way. Um, but like the idea of like how energy works within our universe, I found I find interesting. Mm-hmm. 
I like don't believe in any specific way how energy works. I'm just like, there's got to be something more to all the energy that we inhabit yeah. and then like leave behind all these different things. I just feel like there's got to be some connection there. Yeah. Um, and so I find any kind of conversation about that very fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then I, I, was, I think you'd really like, I mean, that is like 50% of it at least. This is shit like that. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely check that out. I, I always take that type of stuff with like, several thousands grains of <laughs> yes. salt, uh, salt but <laughs> i always find it entertaining yeah for sure so i'm always like i don't know the answers but i like listening to people try yeah um kind of thing so that's cool um my recommendation is going to sound really stupid compared to yours um it's it's called bug spray um <laughs> i went camping this weekend um and i hung out at the bonfire several days just wearing flip-flops um I counted over 30 mosquito bites slash bug bites on my one foot alone. Yeah. Um, it looks like I have leprosy of the feet. Apparently, my feet are rather delicious. Yeah. Um, and so, major lesson learned there. I'm going to get some socks that you can't get bitten on anymore because I literally could not sleep last night because my feet itched oh, so much. Oh, that um, sucks. So, um, <laughs> fucking bug spray and maybe not flip-flops in the middle of a <laughs> deep, deep forest. True, um, true. These are my recommend. I didn't really do anything crazy, uh, read or watch in the last week or so. I was off off the grid, no cell service, which was quite fantastic. Uh, had a nice little break there, and now I'm I'm jumping right back into it. But nice, yeah. Bug spray while camping seemed like a nice uh, thing I should have done. <laughs> so there you have it. Not very exciting, but I'm gonna check out the Close Encounters. Of the fifth kind. Um, it's on Amazon really Prime. I should have said it's on Prime Video. Amazon Prime Video. Boom. Um, love it. All right. If you want to reach out to us, you can at Infinity Rewatch on Twitter, or you can shoot us an email at the Infinity Watch Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you're thinking. Rate, comment, whatever it is on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud. We just got a rating from that guy that loved you on SoundCloud. He rated our podcast on Apple Podcasts, and he loves your voice and thinks you should go into voice acting. So um, follow in that suit. Tell us how much you love Eric and uh, give us five stars or, you know, whatever you want to give us. Um, But it better be five stars. All right. Fuck the billionaires. That's my best T'Challa. Fuck the billionaires. That was kind of Batman, go. There you go. but whatever. That was if the Watcher was Batman. Yeah, I'm Batman. <laughs> Wait, I am a billionaire. No, going going down on Catwoman. <laughs> Alrighty, that's oh, a wrap. Oh man. <laughs>